1: And that is why you never bring a hippie to a second location. Um, All right. Um, Russ, what do you have something to say?
2: Yeah. So yesterday the WWE had their big event SummerSlam. They did have a wall of virtual fans, a lot of different like little TVs. The only problem was what they were doing and the sounds that were coming out were completely different in my (laughs) eyes. So Mm -hmm. they either filtered them. Or they just use their own sounds but let these fans watch and let the wrestlers sort of interact with the fans, but I don't think the fans were hurt. And so to me, that part of it was weird and pretty much a failure because just having faces there I don't think is is the end all. Yeah. In this this case.
1: It's a tough one, you know. Like I've I've wondered why these guys like um, you know, like the Jimmy Fallons of the world aren't doing that, you know, like having actually like if I was them, I would have my Facebook group and, you know, they would. Yeah, I mean, put a thousand people in the
2: audience, but let them interact because. The yeah, just, missing, like,
1: yeah, laugh whatever.
2: Yeah, the thing. Right. But the thing that but don't put in laugh tracks instead of them laughing. The right. thing that was missing was in like a lot of wrestling matches. People would chant certain things. They would do certain things at certain times. They would boo you know, hardily at certain times. And that kind of stuff was contrived. And that's so that was like, if you're going to do that, I'm not sure it was worth it.
3: Yeah, I t- I'll tell you though, watching shows like Bill Maher and Jimmy Fallon without audiences, it's painful because it's sh- it just feels awkward. But watching watching Colbert is painful, just with audiences or without. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, you know who's
2: figured it out is John Oliver. He's doing it without, and it's still great. Like it took a little while; it was a little bumpy at the beginning, but but it's still great. But i, I switching over to the NFL, the uh, the league that really has nothing under control. Uh, (laughs) They have this lab in New Jersey that all these these positive slash negative tests now, and they're 17 days out from starting their season. Now, of course, like the ESPN spin is, well, it's a good thing this didn't happen a month from now. Having it happen 17 days before a season (laughs) starts is terrible because now you don't know for at least four or five of these teams that you're using this New Jersey lab for, probably more, what's accurate and what isn't. And that is the yeah. worst possible situation. Yeah. But it's amazing to me how it's being underplayed and they're going to have fans. So in Miami, they said they're going to have 13 fans, 13, 000, they probably will have 13, they'll have 13,000 fans for their home opener. Um, Kansas city said they're going to have 23% of their fans. They actually practiced in front of their fans. Like to me, that is the worst thing you could do. Why would you even want fans to risk it for yeah. a practice? Right. Like, right. I don't even understand. I know. And I don't even understand that. And then the um, the Jaguars are the only other team. And this is the crazy part. They're the only other team on record that is definitely having fans. Even Jerry Jones, who was mouthed off about having them, hasn't said anything. So only three teams out of the entire league have committed to it with – Two weeks to go before the league starts. So, what if in a week all of a sudden they they call you up as a season ticket holder and say, "Oh, by the way, we're having that first game, and you have to be there, or you're gonna, you know, you're just gonna get charged for your tickets."
3: Like that's a horrible situation. Well, to put fans in. I was talk. I was talking to somebody who is a Bills season ticket holder, and I believe right now New York State and New Jersey are both saying you can't do it. Correct. But, but they're but, decisive about it. Not everybody but, is, but. As with everything in New York State, after a while, it's they're going to allow it. Like they, they today they just allowed the gyms to open up, right in New York State. So they may allow maybe one quarter of the capacity of uh, uh, Bill Stadium, which I think would be twelve, fifteen thousand, something like that, to to come in and socially distance, but but this person this person who was a season ticket holder they said well how is this going to be determined it's basically going to be some sort of lottery where they're going to be they're going to say okay we're going to pick people out of a hat so one the like 20% of your season ticket base is going to get tickets for one week and then maybe the other 20% for the following okay. week and and they're only going to pay for the games that they go to so, okay great that's good that they're only paying for games that
2: they go to how do you plan your life for that
3: that's what I'm saying. You can't.
2: I mean, if you're, you have a family and let's say you wanted to go to the games, yeah. you're now going to tell your family, well, we're in the lottery. Let's see what happens. And like for every week for the next 12 weeks or whatever, however many weeks they last, if they last a season, you,
3: you won't know if you're going. Hey, I plan my life around the Powerball. If I win it, I'm going to Tahiti. <laughs> and how's that worked out for you? I'm still here.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. That's just nuts. Um, that's really, that's really ridiculous. I don't know that that.
2: I just funny. can't believe it. Like, it, it. Just
1: it seems like like you know when this whole thing first happened, I was so proud of our society for basically <laughs> shutting everything down. You know and yeah, because it it's hard to do. Obviously, it is hard to do. You well, know, it's a, it, there's huge financial implications to that. Yeah, and, and you know, but we did it. We did it. We shut it down anyway. And now, as this has gone on, and the death rate isn't so high considering the amount of people, I think people are just like. The risk versus reward thing—the whole thing—is shifting. Yeah, there, there. A lot of people are just ignoring what has happened, right? And they're gonna, and they're gonna go, and you know, it, it, it's likely to wild up us way worse than it did before. Um, and I think that the NHL has shown, you know, it's by far, like, been the best situation of anybody. Yeah,
2: know? I mean, that's it's by right. far now. But again, to be fair, we don't think the NHL is going to start a regular season in a bubble next year. We don't. No, they're not. Well, no, I'm not going to
1: say they're not, because actually I've talked to some people and there are they they have a they have like several different plans in, in place, and one. Of them I don't is,
2: think that's their number one plan.
1: No, but one of them is to like do a um a bubble for the first month or so of the season with divisions, like put okay. divisions in bubbles and have those games be played. You know, to, while you know, depending on when you know where we are with with you know vaccines and all that stuff. It it, it it depends you know like some people are saying we could see a vaccine in december now some people are yeah, saying yeah 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 but i mean it's not going to be the safest thing in the world to do that
3: yeah somebody's saying right after the election you're going to see a vaccine
1: <laughs> right, right 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 so i think so i think they they're going to a point when the nhl the nhl's plan i think would be to start the next season if everything's still bad in bubbles like with divisional bubbles okay. um, and uh, I, mean, have- I
2: hope for the leafs sake that they have the bubble in a different city so they have a chance of winning
1: Right, right, exactly. All right, let's move on to the end of the show. Here it's we go.
3: Buffalo, they'll never win. <laughs>
1: That's true. <laughs> we'll be joined by Jan a little bit, I think. Um, here we go, guys. Uh, Hello, Hockey World. It is Monday, August 24th, 2020.
3: I'm Michael Agello.
1: I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Eklund wearing uh, my Team Europe shirt. Russ has his, his, uh, his World Cup World of Hockey. Of hockey shirt. Yep. And I have a blue shirt. Just have a plain blue shirt, which is maybe Team Europe's practice jersey. Maybe um, you're <laughs> the Buzzcast. towel that you wipe your your stick off with.
3: It's reflective <laughs> of my mood.
1: Right, you're blue. Um, you're watching Hockey Buzzcast on hockeybuds.com. This is the podcast that comes to you every Monday through Friday at this time to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. Just like a comfortable blanket that you can settle in with. Um, and here we are. Um, nice. Last night, I you know I put out my picks about you know I was the only one to go with Vancouver and. That was wrong, no. and I've never been more confident. And I'll <laughs> tell you why. All right, and here's why. All right after, after watching this game last night, I've never been more confident about the Vancouver Vegas series. And here's why: I did an article a few years ago about teams getting blown out in playoff games, and I've continued to follow it. And it is still the case that if a team loses by four, I don't know, five five or more goals in a in in a playoff game, they that the team that loses will win the playoff series 68% of the time, which is <laughs> Get time. At
3: We lose ain't nothing. We got you right where we want you. Right.
1: So, like, they have now put it in the main well, We already had one with the Flyers in Montreal this year, right? We've had – but let's go – I'm going to read you some, some some scores from last year. Let's okay. just, just to show you what happened. Okay, so – Game oh, one go. scores. Game one is, is different. Right. Game one, Um, okay. it, it tends to be – you're right that it tends to be truer, you know, if it's earlier in the series. Uh, but these are not all game one scores, and, and yet they're all going to be interesting because um, Calgary Calgary beats uh, Colorado last last year in game one four to nothing, um, you know, and then Colorado comes back and obviously wins that series. Um, Carolina and Washington, you know, Washington beats Carolina six to nothing. If you remember, uh, Carolina comes back and wins that series. Carolina also beat Washington five nothing in that series. So back and forth there. So you're going to bet. On Vancouver now, is that what you were saying? <laughs> Vegas beat San Jose five-nothing last year in the in the famous series, you know, and then Vegas ends up losing that series in seven games. You remember that? San Jose beat St. Louis six-three. Now that's not a five-nothing game, but it's still a pretty good blowout. San, San, St. Louis beat San Jose six to three. and of course, St. Louis wins that series. Boston beat St. Louis seven to two in game one of the Stanley Cup final. Another five five goal discrepancy. And St. Louis wins the Stanley Cup. So it's you know this year the Montreal game two beats the Flyers five nothing Montreal you know Flyers end up winning that series so yes Va- Vancouver is exactly it's right where they want them um, this is this this tells me more than ever that I should be confident about my Vancouver pick in seven games.
3: Well, okay. The the most interesting thing about yesterday's game was Ryan Reeves uh, cackling and. Uh, Roost doing a imitation of a rooster toward Antoine Roussel, and then Antoine Roussel giving him a hug and getting a 10 minute misconduct. Other than that, the game was completely one sided. I, I texted you guys men versus boys, and that's what it was.
1: No, no, right. a bad,
3: this
2: is a bad shutout for Leonard because bad things are, are going to come now. Now that he's 8 and 1, he is
3: setting himself up for failure <laughs> for a precipitous mean, fall. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, you, I they, you know, they this was, I mean, I'm not saying Vancouver. Not going to win games in the series because I think they are. And I, like I said uh, yesterday, I, I like where where Vancouver's going. They've got a good core of young talent, but this was a curb stomping in Game One. And then, and you know I don't know they can can they bounce back from it? Sure. Are they going to win this series? No,
1: they're not going to win the series. Yeah, well, you you yeah. could come back from the sidewalk slam, but you're not going to win. I and mean, people are saying in the chat right that just the contrary. And guys, I went six and two in the first round. Okay, and I went six and two in the in the round in the um, elimination or whatever. That's fine. That was better than me, but yeah, I mean, I'm probably contrarian. But the only two I missed in the last round were Dallas, Um, you know, and I in the one I missed that you know everybody else would have gotten right was probably so, what other was, than your, your statistics. Carolina, Carolina and calgary both
2: okay like. other than your statistics please tell us what you liked about what Vancouver showed us yesterday
1: absolutely nothing no there was nothing there was absolutely nothing that Vancouver did last night that was worth anything I mean it was it to me was a very bizarre you know match and it it just shows the difference between like to me coming out of you know Calgary or you know Vancouver Vancouver not coming out of Calgary Vancouver I'm sorry, I just St. Louis. St. Louis. right yeah. it beating St. Louis. I think that you know, to me, the only thing I can say is, you know, you beat you beat a Stanley Cup champion, and that feels like you know you've done something massively important. And you come out the next game, you know, maybe way for this young team, way too confident. Like they look – to me, they they just weren't ready for what Vegas threw at them. Um, I, I,
3: I'm not saying I'm not saying this with any kind of uh, joy in my voice. If it was. Edmonton who was the last standing Canadian team or Montreal I would be saying it with some pleasure in my voice. But 1993 Canada that's the last time you won a Stanley Cup and it's going to be another year yeah. because because yeah. Vancouver all being, although being good and although being very young and talented it, it, it's not going to happen this no, year. It's
1: not happen,
3: so, you know, I mean, but you know, eventually, you know, somebody in Canada is going to win and I I still think the first team that's going to win a cup in from Canada will be a team that wears blue and white and it's not in Vancouver. Um but that that's
1: no, not 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 win- <laughs> either. They'll actually wear blue and white in some way. Let, let me play.
2: ask you this question: At six and one with a nine eighteen,
1: is Leonard the best goalie right now in the playoffs? I think you have to say he is. Yeah, no, he's playing playing incredibly well, and um, you know he definitely got a lot of help last night again. I'm not saying he's, I'm, and you
2: know, I don't think that I don't think the Blackhawks could afford him anymore because I don't think he's going to walk back there even for a two year deal. Now he's going to want four now.
1: I think it's still I think I think it still depends on how it ends for him. You know, like that's like and, and I, I do agree with you that, you know, he's played amazingly well. I mean but his
2: lifetime this is surprising, Eck, I'll admit this. Yeah. I just
1: looked it up. His lifetime save percentage in the playoffs is actually nine twenty seven. Which is pretty it's just phenomenal. I mean he's he's showing everything, you know, that he needs to show right now. Um you know, if he does tend to be a guy who goes, you know, up or down in like blazes of glory. So I well, think that's true. I think there's still a chance here that this, you know, he could have a couple bad games and things could fall apart quickly for him. In which case, you know, but if he could, I mean, listen, if he keeps playing like this and, and Vegas wins the Stanley Cup, yeah, there's just or even gets to the Stanley Cup Finals, there's no way, there's no way. Then they he won't, won't even leave Vegas. They'll resign him. Yeah, they'll just resign him then. And uh,
3: yeah, I don't
2: know, I don't know about
1: that. very open because- to like go play for? Seattle. No, they
2: might buy out Flurry, Mike. We don't know. Here's what we don't know: if they are annoyed with Flurry and his agent, yeah, they could buy him out.
1: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't that, I think that they're be, not annoyed with Flurry, and I get a feeling that we would see Flurry fire his agent before that happens. Yeah, that would
3: be a, that would be a hefty buyout because remember he's got a seven million dollar cap hit for two more years. Yeah, right.
2: right. I'm, just lo- I'm just looking at the buyout. I mean, they would trade him. Someone would take him. Obviously. Yeah,
3: I, I think that that and then they could retain salary, but he they're, they're up against the cap. But if they if they bought him out, and I'm just looking at cap friendly here, just to just to see what the buyout would be. Um, yeah, it would be. Let's see here. Oh, I'll I'll give it to you when when
2: okay. I can I would say this, most likely they would try and trade him and yeah. they'd be able to trade him. I can't think that it's impossible now that they won't trade him.
1: And, and you and you can trade him. He I mean there's yeah. there's teams like, you know, Calgary. like yeah, Calgary, Calgary's a great example. I mean Calgary gets Flurry or even Edmonton, you know, like I yeah. mean Edmonton. Yeah. But neither one of those
2: teams can handle a 7 million dollar cap. No, like, but like you said, I think I think they, Vegas would eat a little.
1: Yeah. They would have to retain some salary, but you know, I think that at the end of the day, you know, any team that's really I mean it might it might be a little bit you know it but might, we wouldn't even have to trade into the Eastern Conference, you know, if they can't. I
2: mean the, the craziness of this year, Eck, we wouldn't have even been talking about
1: this if the Orlando, season never ended Orlando, because he would have
2: me. stayed in Chicago, they wouldn't have made the playoffs, and none of this conversation would have come up. But instead, all of this happened and yeah. he's playing out of his mind.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, buy a uh, buyout would extend four years. Cap hit would float between two to three million dollars for each year, so they'd be saving four million dollars in cap space, but extending it for two years further. It's not terrible, I, not terrible, but they'd probably be better off retaining, say, two million dollars off of the off of the top and trading him as, as a five million dollar goaltender. Right. Um. But and I'm sure there'll be enough teams out there. You know, again,
1: he's not going to be ready to get a team. Yeah, they're not going to be. You're, you're going to be able to trade. There will be somebody who will definitely take a shot at him because he's because he's not just. He's not just Mark Andre Fleury. who's won, you know, and, and gotten close to winning. I don't him.
2: know. He's he's
1: good. He's good for a team. And yeah, but but again, great promotional tool. Like he's a great promotional tool if you get him.
2: They probably were already a little down on him by the way they were playing. Leonard. I can't believe this situation's helped his situation.
1: Yeah. No. It, I don't. I don't think it has either. Um, yet he's been a great soldier, as we know. And he and, is. Uh, it's not his fault.
2: But
3: he's got the age now, and he's got this, and the other guy's winning. Well, Brian Brian Burke had a very interesting take on this whole situation because he basically said he says if he had to guess, he said Flurry Flurry knew, Flurry told Walsh, but didn't realize that Walsh was going to go above and beyond and be a complete tool and right. do, and do what he did and you know so but the thing is is that do you really go down the road of pissing and moaning about playing time when your team has a legitimate chance of winning the Stanley cup. And they do, they, you know, that it's that oh, Colorado working. or maybe an outside chance of Dallas coming out of the West, probably you know, more than likely Vegas or Colorado. And you don't, you just don't do that.
1: No. And also when you have Robin Leonard, who, you know, not only can he turn cold quickly, he can also get hurt quickly. And he's a guy who has, has gotten hurt a lot sure. more, too. So, you know, there's a, he's going to play you know, sixty games anymore either. He's not. Right. Like if I'm flurry, you know, you just hang in there and you might actually still have your chance to win your Stanley Cup with this team. It it depends. I mean, it really it really there's so many variables at this point. Um I mean then they're great. They're a great team. They really I mean they're very focused in like the one thing about Vegas and they are locked in right now. They're just they just seem like they're the most locked in team. Um you know the Islanders are incredibly locked in too. We'll get to that in a second. But um you know and also Varlamov has been a great goalie too. So you know that that was brought up in the chat. When, right when the he's day. healthy, yeah, yeah, but his stats in the playoffs are, you know, I don't know his. When uh, he's
3: healthy, he's good.
1: I don't know if they're good every year. I think he's had an off playoff or two as well. Oh yeah, he has. He, yeah, he's definitely had. He definitely there. Yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah, people in Colorado were a member of our Valor, alarm of having some issues last. for sure. Sam um, Sonoff will take
2: over in Washington. Davy Jones said that. That made me laugh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> No,
2: oh, oh, you know he's talking about the goalie. I'm thinking he's talking about Sergey as the coach. All oh, right, God.
1: Yeah, yeah, the goalie for sure. Yeah, they, um, okay. no,
2: that'll happen as goalie. I thought he was talking for coach because everybody's talking about replacing Rear, and that's where my mind went first. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, we'll talk about <laughs> Sergey but, Samson. For sure. <laughs> for sure. I read about it today a little bit. Um, the other game, Boston, um, Boston, Tampa. The thing that's interesting about this game to me is you know we've always done like columbus has tampa's number columbus has tampa's number they 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 make tampa battle and pa- tampa has to fight harder than they should in the playoffs stuff like that Well, they play the same kind of game that they played against columbus again like they're where they don't they don't come out motivated and then eventually they kick in but it's too late or you know it's just like this to me maybe the maybe the problem is not so much the team they're playing against and like the problem is the actual tampa bay lightning who have, I, don't, I don't know like you know? i felt like yeah the first period wasn't a great period right
2: but yeah. they had a great second and they played well to close it out. And so I think Boston caused a few of those things. I do think Boston jumped on them which is fine. We expect yeah. that Boston would do that. But I mean, if we take away that great play, what is really the difference
1: in this game? Oh yeah, I mean, it was really tight. I mean, it was well,
3: really tight. Boston dominated the first period. They outshot them 15 to 10. They outchanced yeah. them. They got the goal late in the first from Coil. And then you know, they get the power play goal in the second period. And again, I said yesterday, they can't, if they can't stop that power play, this, you know, the Boston's going to win this series, but right. then, you know, Boston did what Boston does at times. They sort of sat back. They let Tampa carry the play to them, which is dangerous because Tampa has got so much talent. And then when they got up three, nothing on that phenomenal play by Bergeron, stealing yeah. the puck and getting it to Marshan, yeah. uh, and pastor, and then Marshan, um, I think they got a little complacent and they sat back, and really it took till the second half of the third period for Tampa to get on the scoreboard. And it wasn't Pollock's fault because both of those goals were deflections off of his own defensemen. Yeah, yeah. But I never, I never got the sense that they were really in danger of blowing that lead. Maybe it's just my confidence in what Boston can do. No, I, I, I get it. I do get it. What it. But something I had said to Mike offline
2: that I truly believe is the same way that. Boston desperately needed Pasternak's shot, and we saw why yesterday. Yeah. If you had Stamkos on Tampa and yeah. they were on the power play or they were on the man advantage late in the game with the goalie pulled, you'd yeah. be a little more worried,
1: wouldn't you? Big time, and and you know where is he? Like, is he going to play? Is he? Oh, to I think up?
2: he is going to play. I think he's going to play next game or the game after. I just, I'm guessing. I have no idea. Yeah. I, if I've, he
1: does, I, then, then then you know, let's see where he's at. You know, like is he? You know, well. Will
3: will will the uh, the injury report from last night hasten Stamkos coming back in the lineup because Ryan McDonough left the game yesterday, did not practice, and is not it's not known whether they are playing game game two. And this isn't losing you know, Eric Cernak. This is losing no, it's a big deal. This is a big deal. That puts more weight on headman. And, you know, Hedman yesterday, you know, when, when Hedman, Hedman's got to go deep in the offensive zone and take on Zdeno Chara, that right. shows you that you're sort of like you're comatose, at least that they were at the end of the second period. Then now they woke up in the third, but, you know, you don't need your, I mean, you're, Norris Trophy candidate defenseman to go in. I mean, that's a desperate situation for him to have to to spark the team and not somebody like Patrick Maroon or Yanni Gord or somebody else who's a little more more disposable, so to speak. Oh, for sure. But, you know, Boston was in control in that game. If they play like that, they will win this series, not going away. But I expect Tampa to respond. But the loss of McDonough is a big loss if they lose him for a long time.
1: Tampa needs, and they need Vasil, You know the way to beat Boston is with goaltending. You know you have to, you have to get goaltending. And Vasilevsky, he was okay. He wasn't great. He was okay, he could he lock down better. He could. Got to be great. You know, like in in my mind, like if he's great, because what we saw last year is that the, the Bruins can get down on themselves if they run into a hot goalie. Like Bennington showed that. You know, the Bruins can start to implode a little bit, and. That's the only way to get to them, I think. You got a really, really good goaltending, and this the, is the best goalie in the NHL to me. So this is still a very much of a series here. This oh game yeah, I mean, look,
2: end of the day, we could nitpick and say, yeah, Boston was better than Tampa in that game, but they, but they weren't miles better. And at times, Tampa did, you know, rise to the occasion. Actually, in a way, I felt like Boston probably was over emotional for a while in that game. Yep. In the way that they were um, picking fights and everything, and we'll see if they could even equal that emotion the next game because that's going to be hard to do now because they really they were exceptionally dirty in that game. Like Chara, you know, there was a lot of that, and cool. both sides. Don't get me wrong, both teams yeah. knew that it would be this way, but it's hard to play that way for a seven game series. Yeah, but but if, but if, but, but if
3: there's a, if there's a team that has a I'd say permanent case of red ass. It's the Bruins. They play sure. with that edge a lot, and they play it all that way all the time. So they stay motivated. Whether
2: when, we do have to talk about Brad Marchand's post game, where he basically he basically said the round robin games they didn't care about; they were exhibition to them. Bingo.
1: Great. You know, I'm, I'm glad. And, you know, and
2: it's, but, but I mean, but we knew that.
1: For them I mean, especially, how they played, um, you know, they they did still you know struggle against Carolina quite sure, a bit
3: they weren't putting their all in point. They struggled against Carolina, but won the series in five games without and, and one and won two of the three without their best player.
2: Yeah. Of
1: Carolina's, Carolina's injuries. They,
2: you know they definitely were trying as hard as they could with Carolina, but it probably took a little to kick in for them
1: because they did ignore the other games. Hey. And there's, there's, there's a, We've said there's a Bruins arrogance that you know, like, yeah. that they do believe that they can win any time and they want to. You know, like that's how that's 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 how they play, and that and that's good, and that has worked well for them. And there, there was, was a
2: call that was missed in that game in the third period. Um, Wagner got run into the glass, and nothing was called. Not even a two-minute penalty, a two-minute minor. Nothing was called. Was and that the
3: one, Was that the one early in the third?
2: Yes. Yeah, I, I was shocked. There was no penalty for that.
3: But then somebody got a penalty for pancaking McAvoy in the corner, yeah, because um, yeah. it was against because it was against the boards.
1: Yes, yeah. But These things bad, against, against the glasses.
3: Jan, uh, while we got we just bringing you in here uh, before we move on, give us your thoughts on the. Wait, hold on, gum. Jan. There's no chewing gum on the show. You know that's not
0: allowed. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Thanks, mom. You want to call the teacher on me too? Should I stick it under my desk? Yeah. If you want to. <laughs> yeah.
3: Something I said? Exit stage left. Give us your thoughts on the two games from last night.
0: Um. So Tampa Bay, Boston. The thing we talked about, obviously, was the first line of Boston potentially turning the tide, and clearly that was the case yesterday. I mean, they have seven points out of the three goals, if I'm not mistaken. So I mean, they they dominated. Um. I thought Halak had a strong game. Um. You know, McDonough got hurt, but I thought even before that he didn't have a particularly good game yesterday, especially on the the third goal that they scored last night, that was a hellacious giveaway um, to lead to the goals. Great great pass, obviously, no look by Bergeron for the goal to Marshawn.
3: Now, um, I, didn't, Tampa, I, I didn't see him get hurt. Did you see how? No, I didn't
0: either. I didn't okay. either. I didn't either. Um, I mean, Tampa clearly, look, they had no choice but to try to close, and they, they did make it interesting and made it close towards the end. I mean, the thing, if I'm taking one positive away, I thought Victor Hedman had a really strong game last night. He was all over the place. So to me, that's the biggest positive I take out of last night. You know, if any concerns of an injury – from him lingering from the prior round, to me, were eradicated yesterday based upon seeing his play. And look, these are the kind of games you're going to get. I mean, I don't I don't see Boston having two, three-goal leads a lot during the series. I think it's going to be very tight checking, you know, close in terms of scores. I mean, look, it was th- they made it 3-2 regardless of how they made it and they had a minute 21 to try to score. They just couldn't get the equalizer. So, yeah. I mean, what we expected a little bit last night, I think we both expected a bit more offense out of Tampa or a bit more of, a, of an attack. But give Boston credit, and the guy we talked a bit about earlier was Charlie Coyle that you guys were high on. He had a really strong game yesterday, also besides the yeah. first line. Um, and I think Stamkos
2: is going to get in there. I do because when you saw the difference with Pasternak playing and that shot, Tampa still needs that shot too. Yep. There, it's 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 evident. But what I also said, Jan, that maybe you saw as well, Wagner got run into the glass and nothing
0: was called, like yep. not even a two minute minor. Like that was crazy. Like what? what I don't understand it. I don't. I mean, the officiating, for the most part, has been okay. I haven't been fully enamored by the officiating. Um, so in terms of the set game, I mean, Mike, you put in our group chat, you know, men versus boys. I mean, they, I mean, first of all, the speed by Alex took to, to basically blow past. I mean, look, Tative is nothing special, but Miller can, Miller can motor. And, and he basically just completely blew past them in terms yeah. of that chip and charge type of play. Um, Vegas came in waves. Um, Vancouver was able to parry it for a little bit, but they weren't able to stop them and – Leonard wasn't challenged a lot. When he was, he came up big. Uh sorry, Ecklen, I know your goalie you wanted to be in is not getting in at least for game two and probably for game three right now. But 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 I thought I thought I thought Leonard was very good yesterday. I thought Vegas pretty much dominated in, in all three all three phases of the game, offense, defense, and special teams, including goaltending. Marksham didn't have a bad game. Look, he made a lot of initial saves. They just scored yeah. a bunch of dirty goals. You saw at least two or three of the goals came right in front off of rebounds, including the first two of the game. So Give right. Vegas credit for going to the dirty areas. And Pacioretty, you know, kind of, a you know, not a great goal, but still a, a nice goal for him to get to give him a little bit more confidence moving forward. But Stone was just all over the place. I mean, you said yesterday, Russ, that we thought Stone yeah. would have a big series. And yeah. he literally was just all over the place he's yesterday. It's hard to handle. When he with the level of emotion and physical physical play, he plays yeah. every single shift, is pretty evident, especially these playoffs. And You're defending kind of Mark Stone. It takes him to another level yeah. that maybe other teams don't have. When you combine the skill – and the effort that just makes him so effective.
2: Well, that's the thing, and that's where I was getting at yesterday. When you have Stone and pats already, and things are going right, they're big you know, Stone's not fast, but they're big guys that get in position that are hard to move out of the way, and they have great hands.
3: And, and, I, and I mentioned it when we were first talking about this, but I'll, I'll just say this again if Ryan Reeves is this much of a disruptive force in this series, then Vancouver has no chance because oh, yeah. real, really, it's like, okay, if he, he if
0: started the opening shift, he started the opening face off.
3: Right, if it's him versus Antoine Roussel, I mean, obviously he's gonna get underneath Roussel's skin and he's gonna go Roussel into doing something stupid. And Roussel, you know, yesterday the stupid thing was giving Reeves a hug. We know it's gonna escalate to something where he's gonna go, you know, bonkers, you know, whether it means checking the goaltender or hitting somebody from behind. And that's what that's what Vegas wants to get him out of his game because he's a pain in the ass to play against. But if he's doing if, if Reeves is that disruptive that's what they want. That's playing right into Vegas. I,
2: I just saw this tweet. Vegas put up a tweet last night. Um, now in goal for the Vancouver Canucks, a different guy. Like That's a little that's a little. <laughs> it's like, you know, trolling is one thing. Uh, if I were the team, I'm like, you know what? Let's
1: yeah, get out of this series. Don't poke the bear here. Uh, yeah, that, that's true. That's a good Who point. tweeted that? Gritty? No, that's – I mean, the Vegas guy's pretty good. No, cool. Gritty's in
2: Toronto, Ohio. Of, who knew there was a place? I had no idea. I, I knew that.
1: No, uh, Yeah. Of course you knew that. Well, Jan, you missed them. it. I said that it's exactly where – the Canucks have them right where they want them. Um, yeah. It's right next to Toledo, I'm sure. Because, uh, because you know, I, I listed all the times in the past there's a couple years where a team gets killed in a, in a playoff game early early in the series and 68% of the time that – It's one game.
0: Play. I mean, you wash the slate clean.
1: You come back and, and –
2: and and the one no, thing but happened, Vegas is in a bad spot now because of the
1: stat, Jan. But because they because they defeated them. Yeah, because they defeated him so badly. And because like when you five, 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 them too five, badly, teams that win five by five, five or more lose series, it's just consistently the case. Um and you know, and and I think that although I joke around about this a lot and say this, I do think there is something to the what happens when a team dominates a team like that in a game, especially early in the series. I
2: think the next game, yes, Vegas <laughs> might lose that next game because of it. I'm not going to give the series because of that. No
1: problem is getting that momentum back, you know, like once, and once you scored, you know, if if you can't score goals and you remember back to the time you scored all the goals you wanted, you know, it's, it plays with teams. It does. Um, And that, that definitely, you know, the joke about, Oh, we should save some of these goals for another game is not like a joke by like coaches. They're always like saying, you know, like, okay, we'd rather not do this, you know, like
0: coaches are trained to be paranoid. That's
1: part of their job. Yeah. And 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 then there's, but there's, there are like, there are statistical backups to that situation. Let's go on to the coaching situation for the Cavs. Mike, you have
3: No, I just, just wanted to mention uh, Toronto, Ohio is southwest of Pittsburgh, right along the Ohio River, right on the border of uh, Pennsylvania and West Virginia. So if you want to go visit the CN Tower. Yeah, and you've never been there. You know you haven't. Never been there.
1: I didn't I say all there because I've been right in that area a couple times.
2: I've been in that area too and I had no idea the place exists. I never
1: it's near Steubenville. Is it how far it's is it like from Wheeling, West sure. Virginia? Like Wheeling, West Virginia is right around there too, isn't it?
3: Yes, it's a little it's northwest of Wheeling.
1: Mm-hmm. I guess that's where Captain Merrill Steubing was born. Yeah. I, right. I played I played several shows in Wheeling, West Virginia. Spent a week there one I think
0: Joey West is from Wheeling, West Virginia.
1: Yeah, Wheeling's yeah. not a
0: great place I've driven through
1: it ain't yeah. Good.
0: Were you wheeling in the sky? No,
1: no, like I said. Okay, can we move on, please? I yes. said. You know, all right, moving on. Um, okay, so let's talk about the coaching situation in Washington a little bit more, and then we're also going to talk a little bit about Mike Milbury. Um, sure. Oh, yeah. Sure, let's get more polarizing while we're at it. Go for it. Right. All right. So, all right. Here's the uh, here's the deal with um the coaching. Obviously, you know, we talked. We, we have a coach fired. It's it's not unexpected. We all like, every, it was completely as expected as you could be. Um, but yet, you know, what's the whole circumstances, it, it has brought back the whole circumstance of how he got the job in the first place, uh, whether it was the right idea, whether it's the right way to go. Um, because if you remember right at the time, Barry Trotz had just won a Stanley cup, but in a season where he was rumored to be fired several times before the winning the Stanley cup. and, and, and they had Reardon was like the heir apparent that, that the ownership and management just wanted completely to be the coach of this team. And they were basically not because of this, they were screwing around with Trotz's contract all year long, and right. not, really, not really offering anything significant, especially years wise. They were giving him like two years, two and yeah. year stuff like that. Um, Trotz got, you know, pissed off and said, no, just forget about it. And then suddenly Trotz wins the Stanley cup, which no one saw coming, which of course is, you're never going to, you're never going to look at gift towards in the mouth like that, but that really did throw this into a craziness. And so Reardon now, Gets the job. Trotz goes on, as we know, to, you know. Then Trotz beats the beats Reardon in his final game, which is just like incredibly, you know, poetic. Um, and then, uh, and especially when you looked at the handshake line of that game with uh, with like Ovechkin and and you know Braden Holbea talking to Trotz as they went through, you know, taking a lot of time with them and like that. Uh, it had to be dying as to what they were saying. I wish you could be in there. Um. So now Reardon's gone, and the question when the Capitals is which way do you go? You know, like well,
2: I I have to say this. I've got to rip McClellan on this quote that there is no timetable. No, there is a timetable. The timetable is after the draft. You need a coach. You're not going to have a lot of time before the season starts.
1: After that, exactly. And and you really, you know, so that's the timetable, and also. Other teams are going to fire their coach here. You know, things are going to happen.
3: Well, you know, I that, that that's but the there's thing. not
1: that many other teams left. Yeah,
3: that, that's the thing. I, I, I don't know whether there is going to be another. I mean, the Seattle
1: thing, but we don't have we have some general managers that I haven't hired yet, remember? So, like, to me, sure. those teams are going to have coaches. Right, but Florida's, but, not, like, Florida's
3: yeah. not going to fire Joel Quenville after one year. No, they're not.
1: No, they're not. But, um, Arizona, um, do we know that Nashville's not going to have new I don't GM? It's getting
2: Hawkett's fired. not going to get fired. I don't
0: know about that. Oh, no, he's not going to get fired. Mm-hmm. wouldn't be no, so no. sure. Right. I mean, I mean, that's, that's kind of like blaming him for the loss in the prior round, and I don't think there's anything he could have done. Right. Oh, no. It's Colorado. You know,
1: they might want to bring in a different kind of culture altogether. So if, now if they keep the same – if, if they stay with Sullivan, which some people think they will, you know, then that's fine. Um, and uh, I do not – Esmere says Shirelli will be the next Panthers GM, and right. I do not think she. No,
2: that's not happening.
1: Uh, I don't think he's going to be – I don't think Shirelli getting a good job quite this time around at least. Um,
3: I mean, there was some talk about him in Arizona, but yeah. uh, I mean, there was just, it was a fleeting mo- uh, mention and then it, it sort of disappeared. Um, the NHL
1: pushed GMs hard, you know, on certain teams, like the NHL, when a team is going into a GM search, especially like a team like Florida or, you know, a team like Arizona with owners that aren't, haven't been in the NHL for their entire lives or what have you. The owners often will like, will will go to the NHL and say, well, who's out there? Like, who's the guys that we-? you know, the NHL pushes different GMs and stuff like that for Sure. And, um, and Chiarelli is somebody that has been rumored to be pushed by the NHL. That's why his name keeps coming up. Um, and the rumor is that really is, like, very much, like, you know, a guy who likes Gary Bettman a lot and agrees with a lot of Gary Bettman's theories, um, and therefore, you know, you want – you can get Bettman, White, and Chiarelli on the board of governors. This is the rumor that's out there. Um, the rea- reality of that situation is that that's, that's not the case. I mean, um, right. you know, I mean that's that's just – it's just one of these crazy rumors that keeps – I mean, really even if he is the GM, it doesn't mean he's not necessarily – that means he's part of the one vote that the team has on the, well,
3: Shirelli is brought up by the trolls in Edmonton who want to basically, you know,
1: yeah. Throw. Right. You know, throw right. He would, yeah. And, and he's just not, he's not viewed as that, you know, I mean, you know, she a Harvard guy, you know, the, 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 the guy, the owner in, in Arizona is a Harvard guy. But, you hear that kind of stuff. These kind of, these are the kind of things you hear around right now that just, you know, are kind of like ridiculous,
3: but, but, but back to the coaching, um, yeah. I, I, unless something out of the blue happens, more it's more than likely that Washington is the only job that will open up for the upcoming season. Now Seattle's in the not in the too too distant future, and they might hire somebody. But you've got this core four of veteran coaches, and there's more than that, but you've got Babcock, Laviolette, Gallant, and Boudreaux.
2: Yeah, I don't think you could bring in Gallant because I don't think Ovechkin will listen to him.
3: Yeah, I, I rule yeah. out Boudreau out of hand simply because he's been there before. Even too familiar,
2: too familiar.
3: Right, exactly. It'd be just right. and and his history there was losing in the first round or losing losing series, and just, they just had that with Reardon. Right, um, Babcock. Toronto will not give per, per permission on Babcock unless the team that is interested signs him for the exact same salary or more than he was making because they want him off the books. Yeah, I don't think they're doing that. And, and, and that's almost six million dollars. So I can't see Ted Leonsis. Does he have any more AOL stock that he wants to sell? <laughs> I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. So um. they, to, to my mind, their rules. Then I don't know if I, I don't think Gallant's a good fit. So I would think Laviolette is a good fit.
2: I
1: could see Laviolette. I mean from what I heard it's a, a shame La that we're it. still recycling coaches but it looks like that's what's yeah, going on. I mean we have a couple pretty successful coaches out there right now though that's the thing. Um,
2: well now, I mean successful know. with with like you know within, Yeah with like,
1: within yeah I know. You
0: have a veteran-laden team the question is are you going to be willing to bring in a, a young or a rookie type of coach to No you to can't helm a, a veteran-laden team which is why Laviolette makes sense because you get that initial bu- burst every time he comes in somewhere. Yeah, the right. team gets a bump like that first or second year every time you bring them in. Right. Now, Here's the
1: capitals. Okay. And like, and this is, this is the issue when I was talking to people about it.
0: Right. This
1: is the cat. This is from our cap central on hockey buzz, of course, which is where you should go for all of your, you know, cap cap, cap needs. Um, this is, this team looks very different than any other team in the NHL when it comes to this page. Um, more guys in this, like, you know, the 2013 and two, 2021, 2023. I mean, they've got four guys signed through five guys signed through 23, 24. There's nobody in the NHL that has anything like that. I mean, so therefore there's not a whole lot you can do with this roster. Right. Roster is your roster.
2: Well, your guys, some of them, and
1: and most of them are are not young. I mean, this is, this is not a young team.
2: I'll give you a name, but I don't know at this point, if it's too late to get them, I would look at someone like Bob Hartley, but the problem is you might not be able to get him out of his KHL contract. He's in
3: Magnetic isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or Omsk, he's one one of those one of
2: those one of them,
3: all. yeah, now, but the th- the thing is, um the capitals have a couple contracts that they would like to move, whether they'll be able to move a, a Richard Ponick, who's making two point seven five million. Or Nick Jensen, who fell out of favor with them, making two and a half. I'm sure there are some other teams that would take those players on, but they would probably either have to give them something to take them, right. or get literally nothing back in return. But here, your point is well made, Ak. Is the fact that they're pretty much stuck with that core group because they're all locked up long term, except for Varana and Ovechkin. And you know, they're they're probably they're going to have to get a coach to come in there to light a fire under their ass, under their ass. And, and I don't do really- a breaking news, Mike. So. So um, Calvert is out, and Johnson's
2: out indefinitely now, as, as well as Rubauer And they're putting in Connaughton. See, this is the move that I wouldn't do. They're just going with the bland,
3: the, the veteran. They're moving
2: everybody up and putting. Yeah, they're going with the bland veteran that they feel like they could plug in, and it'll be nice and safe. But to be honest, they need more than nice and safe now. Without Eric Johnson, Eric they Johnson's need real a part of
1: their team. Yeah. They you know need what? real
2: puck movement,
3: and this is yeah. a mistake. Dallas has a chance in this series now. They do. They absolutely do. Johnson being out indefinitely, and that again, that's your minutes eating. Not number one because McCarr is the number one, but that's. And the, Elliot
2: Friedman reported that.
3: Yeah. They're, that's their minutes eating, 25 minute a night, penalty killing type defenseman. Guy who lugs the mail, guys who, you know, he's he's out there all the time. And now you lose him. And now that means more minutes for Zadorov, yep. more minutes for Ian Cole, more responsibility on McCarr. That's a killer injury. It really is. It really is
1: a big, that's the one player on defense that they really did not want to lose. Um, now, getting back to this, I do think that Babcock has a shot at this, and um, and from talking to people around, and I, I, I'm not, I don't think he should. I'm I'm going to flat out say that I wouldn't do it, but um, and I also think because I'm not, I've never been the hugest Babcock guy. I do think he's overrated as a coach. Um, I I do, I do think he's got you know he's kind of got the media in the palm of his hand because he's really he's really good in front of the microphone and stuff like that. But I don't as, as far as coaching goes, his. He's very been very average, you know, like in terms of that, you know, for most of his career. I mean, he's had a couple wins there for sure with Detroit, but for the for a very long time now, he's been just uh, his team's have not won much at all, or if anything. So to me, this is like, you know, this. But does Ovechkin? And I think a lot of this will have come down to Ovechkin because we know Ovechkin's like right on the odd, right yeah. on the ends here of like going back and becoming like the king of Russian hockey for the rest of his life, which he can do. You can step back. Actually, I do want to answer something too in the chat room. Michael
2: Cohen, no relation, but I like the last name. Said, you know, when was Hartley a great coach last 92? And and I, you know, my answer to that is in his first year in the KHL, he actually made it to the Gangarin Cup Finals, but he lost to Siska, who is a completely loaded team.
1: Right, right, right. If, if you think
2: about that coaching effort there, he could still coach. I'm not saying hire him long term, I'm saying you've got a year on Ovechkin. Bring in a different voice that hasn't been in the NHL for a while because maybe something different will happen.
3: Maybe they bring Dale Hunter in.
2: And Timothy brings um, up well, laughing. Yeah. Is I mean,
0: Russ, I mean, you know better than I do, guy that's been mentioned a ton is Ricard Gronberg from Sweden. Yeah. I mean, that's a guy he's that's been really a lot. Start I'm there. wondering if he could be an option if they want – I mean, he's a coach that's got experience, maybe not in the NHL, but well-respected in every single aspect.
1: You Timothee, know, right with a statement that he makes here that the lobby a disciplinarian, that's what the captain right now. The problem is, you know, does Ovech, will Ovech can be okay with that? And, no, he
2: won't. There you,
1: you know, that's the, will be
2: a limit to how much of a disciplinarian he can be. I, is I, Michelle Bergeron available?
1: <laughs> I think, I think, uh, I think I'm Michelle Therrien, I think is available. Yeah,
3: um, wait, I was waiting. I was waiting. There you go.
1: Anyway. Um, Boy, that would be seamless, wouldn't it? That'd be perfect. What would that last? Perfect, three months? Perfect fit. Perfect Two months, fit. three months? Boy, I should. Capitals fans, you should get
3: out. <inaudible> only 86.
2: Hashtag
1: higher thing going on the no, Cap- You know what? This is
2: a high pressure job now because O'Brien no, yeah. in the last year of his deal, right? Yeah. So
1: yeah. you do it the wrong way and he might yeah. leave. You do it yeah, I mean, the you have right way. Might... That not only does he have to like the coach, but that you're on the right track with the coach. Right. Otherwise, he might leave. You do it the right way, he might stay.
3: And that's that's the only thing in favor of Boudreau is that him and Ovechkin got along. But the thing is, I think you have to go with an offensive coach because you can't exactly – you know, you cannot – you've seen how this team reacted. I mean, they reacted positively to to Trots, who played the Nashville style there. But it was after, you know – a couple years of really pulling teeth with these guys. And then they realized they had to play this way. I don't think they're interested in playing that way anymore with the high flying guys like Backstrom and Kuznetsov and Varana and Ovechkin wanting his goals. They can't play that shutdown Tortorella style. They're going to need somebody who's an offensive coach. That's why Laviolette might make some sense. But if he's a hard ass, then that probably doesn't work.
1: Yeah. I think, I think that, I don't think Laviolette's the best fit for this team though, in general, I think, you know, and I, and I don't know the Babcock is either. No, no,
3: no,
1: no, no. Bilesma has no, no. Bilesma's issue is like, he lets the team run itself. Like Correct. that, is like, and he, that's exactly what this You team know,
2: I, I still would go with John Stevens. I, I think at the end of the day, he's a good X's and O's guy. Ovi would get it behind him. He would definitely like the veterans, but also give some young guys a chance he is at least a, a smart hockey guy that has a little bit of a different voice. I, I don't think that's a bad move at all.
3: Randy Carlisle. <laughs> oh,
0: my God. It's so predictable. Oh, man. It's amazing how we've gone through every single retread known to mankind and not propose, not able to pose anybody well, new are, that would be an option.
3: Jan, they've already said they're going for a veteran coach. I know. Yeah,
0: David right.
2: makes a good point. He goes Kirk Muller, but I don't think, I don't think um, the Habs would let him out of his contract.
3: I, well, if he's if it's a promotion, if it's to uh, as a head, it's
1: coach. hard to stop him if he's a head coach, but but they can. I mean, they no, teams, they can. If
3: they could, they could say you
2: can't. I mean, look, at,
1: look at Toronto, for example. Right. You know, they did that plenty, right? So yeah, I mean, you can you can keep a guy back and and then be forced to keep him on too long because you did that later earlier in the world. Yeah, um, yeah, that could be that could happen too. So yeah, I don't know. That's it's going to be a fun one to see for sure. Mike Keenan. <laughs> what was that?
2: Someone wrote a well, funky wrote Mike Keenan. <laughs>
1: All right, that that would be fantastic. Ovechkin
2: would leave please. by
1: the middle of the season; he'd be in Russia already. How about as, as, a, as a hockey writer, I just beg you to let that happen. How about normal yeah. Tessier? Oh my gosh! I mean, I'm so hierarchian. hashtag Hierarchian cap fans, go for it. You got it. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, the Milbury thing for a second because we didn't really talk about it over the week. We actually started talking about it on Friday as he was asking to get fired, and yeah, sure enough. <laughs> he and was pretty on on that one um yeah. he did does I get think it. he did it all for that reason though i don't think I he did it I, I don't i did listen i don't think he did it for that reason but i also didn't think he was very careful about what he was doing because he's like you know what i'm just going to say what i'm going to say if they don't want me here i'll get out of here that and i think he more had that attitude like i'm just gonna like think say what I, you know i don't think it was li- he just wasn't filtering himself put it that way like to me you know everybody's got to filter themselves well no, that's fair he just wasn't gonna he wasn't filtering himself um, is it worth it? Was was the comment bad enough in your opinion to like to justify this? Yeah, because there's a large female fan base, uh, especially now with a television
2: audience. Why in the world are you alienating part of your fan base for archaic views that shouldn't exist in the world anymore? Now the problem is when you say something like that, you open a lot of wounds for females. That have worked in the industry, worked in for teams, worked around guys that act like that, and that became a narrative on Twitter, and that's a
3: horrible thing for the NHL. Yeah, I mean NBC. Yeah, it may may have been the it may have been the standard operating procedure when uh, Milbury was a player or Milbury was a general manager that women are distractions, but now their viewers, their employees. And they're equals, and you don't yeah. you don't talk like
1: that. So- what if he had said family are distractions?
2: Right, and actually Brian Elliott's wife um, sent out a tweet with her and her two children saying, sending our husband and our and all of our and, – and, and the distractions at home uh, some good luck, you know, in the series or whatever. And, you know, even even people in families that can't be in the bubble took umbrage with
3: that, and I don't blame them. Yeah. No, it is – And I I said this as a joke before. Is his comments as bad as what Tom Brenneman said uh, during a Cincinnati Red broadcast? No, No. but it's bad. bad. Tone deaf, but but it it is it is it is completely tone deaf, and it is you know not with today's thinking. The question is, will he never be back on NBC? I can't. he will never be back. One hundred percent. But I'd say it's about ninety-eight percent.
0: He will never be back. Well, I think also with Milbury, right? It's an accumulation of comments. I think five that, plus, yes. plus yeah. more importantly, his attitude since he's gotten in the bubble, right? He yeah. appeared disinterested, <laughs> and as you said, I like, really wanted to just get himself out yeah, and was attempting it, it, to get away. And again, it's it's an odd choice to use this to get yourself out because what you've done is you've potentially now putting your career at risk. Because I don't think if he if NBC does let him go, I can't see him getting a venue anywhere else that's going yeah, to hire him, hire especially him. after the comments he just made. Just think about this:
2: Are you going to hire Mike Milbury when you maybe have women on the broadcast team, women in management, women in all different positions in these particular teams' structures? Now, are you going to hire Mike Milbury? How's that going to go over?
1: Yeah, Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Um, And I mean, it definitely. We live in a very, uh, you know, you know this. This is not in a fortunately a very conscious conscientious era of stuff you know like that we've this has not been the case for years this would not have been a big issue and then i was talking my wife who's a huge feminist a phd engineer who's you know had to deal with you know all kinds of stuff in offices forever because she works mostly with men right and i asked her what her thought of this was and she's like oh it's not so bad i'm like what do you mean and she's like i just don't think that's so bad um and i'm like honestly you know and i I said i think it is you know i really i really do and, and i i and she's you know she said well you know women we we were used maybe we maybe we're just used to stuff but you know that to me of like all the stuff you know we're just you know and that's when she brought to me is is he just saying you know that you know that family's a distraction or is he sitting there and saying you know that you know women just want to you know you know have sex with these guys all the time and that's a distraction or what's really being said there and I think obviously everyone's taking it as the latter um but you know
3: well let's just say I think it it was it was subtle, but it was stupid.
1: It and was that, stupid, and but it, but you know if we fired Milbury for stupid things he's done, we would right. have. and not. he should have
3: been fired years ago. <laughs>
1: yeah, but my bigger question, and, and and what's funny about this is, then I told her who said it, like because we because I told you guys earlier that we were watching the Colorado you know five overtime game with her, and she was like, who is this idiot talking like you know about like that that NHL overtime shouldn't be this way and all this. she was she was just like, who is this guy? She was completely getting you know miffed by this guy. And I said, yeah, well, that's the guy—the same guy who said the stuff about the overtime. She's like, oh man, she's like, probably, she probably just wanted to get rid of him anyway. Uh, Some of that to it as well, obviously.
3: Okay. Oh, my overall feeling on on Milbury, and like I said, personally, I have nothing against the guy, but when he when he's as, you know, crow magnet and as he has been, you have to you have to just shake your head. But honestly. I have no idea what he was ma- what he was being paid by NBC but if you paid me to sit in the press box at Scotiabank Arena and I'm there for a five overtime game uh, you know attention, yeah. playoff I'm sorry screw who I have to go to dinner with I, I want to stay there and watch the game
1: yeah no I mean, it, it just it just shows to me like a guy who is like who's really just like hockey is his job you know like this is what it and mm-hmm. and I I've I've met people like that. I've met other hockey writers like that. Like you know, yeah, just, I really don't think we're going to see him again. And I, but uh, my question is, why did we see him this time in the first place? Like the the and a because NBC liked the fact that he rode the edge on the
2: edge, got people talking. Now that he got too many people talking, that's why.
1: Yeah, I mean, all, when they're sitting down to have that meeting and they realize that these people that they're hiring are going to do three games a day, like it's like to, the. I would have first thought, thought to myself, well, who are the most
0: creative people out there that you can find? Like, oh, they're gonna have yeah, but he, they're
1: paying him the most, so they have to just yeah, well, Here's
0: the salary. question, Russ. Were you turning in to listen to his analysis, or are you turning in and muting the TV set? My it doesn't guess, matter. Most they don't people, care. Most people were doing the latter. Yeah, but, no, I mean, he, he, he can't
3: he,
2: prove that. His, ana- his analysis. <laughs> okay, hold on. Hold on. If that were the case, we wouldn't know what he's saying half
0: the time, so that's not the well, case. Well, there's enough people who do listen because they have the broadcast on to know what he was saying. Well, and, that's why and he, and
1: that was he, enough for NBC. That was enough for him to get paid. Yeah, I mean, NBC fell I mean, with the
0: Jeremy Roenick issue, right, with Catherine Tappan, and his comments were nearly far beyond here. Milbury said based yeah. upon in terms of crossing the line, mm-hmm. but NBC took a stand and got rid of him. Millberry should have known the back of his head that he's playing with fire here by right. making comments like this. And Again,
2: I don't if you want to get know. into the whole NBC, yeah. Matt Lauer, yeah. but they yeah. – they're right. trying to do this now as a company, and there is no room for any of it anymore. This if is Roenick, this severe, didn't
3: yeah. say it on their airwaves. Milbury did, and that's the that you know, like right, you know, right.
1: Ronick said it on a, on like a you know on a already, like, already controversial like or on a podcast,
3: podcast on a podcast
1: like which there's nothing stupider than a hockey podcast, and that's what he right. said. On it. You know, so like to me that was unbelievable that you know he got fired for saying something dumb on a hockey podcast.
3: Moving on. I mean, it, was so, it was so offensive, and it was about
2: somebody. It was who-
1: awful. No, Ronick was awful. I'm, I'm, in,
3: I'm with Timothy. I
2: like Liam McHugh. I don't like what they're trying to do with his hair. He's probably using a curling iron. <laughs>
0: that effect. I don't and, understand. And the glasses that. are a new touch, also, by the way.
2: No, glasses are fine, but the, the hair. are
0: a new touch, though. There's
2: a little bit too much going on there with the hair
1: for, for my. Who was take. a baseball pitcher that tried to iron his shirt with it on him? What was
2: that? Oh, yeah. Yes.
1: What happened and burned him? Burned and he
2: him. burned himself. I remember that. Yeah,
1: who that was, but it was one of the baseball pitchers. I was yeah, like, he
2: was probably a Yankee, but I can't remember.
1: Yeah, name. I mean, I'll admit to it. I've, I've tried to steam
2: him. <laughs> Mike made a face.
1: I, I What did you say?
2: I said it was probably a Yankee, but I can't remember. And Mike made a face like he takes it first. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, has anybody ever tried to steam a shirt with it on them? I have. Yeah, it's, Kevin it's, Elster. It's not very much fun. I remember
2: you yeah. talked about, I remember when I was like 17 and I was late for work once in the hotel that I definitely tried it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You can't do it. You can't do it. It's impossible. No. No, no, no. Just hang the shirt up while you're showering. That's that's, that's, right. the, that's, the, that's, that's the, the tried and true method way. to getting regular yeah. out of a yes. shirt. <laughs> yeah, um,
3: but I, I do think one, one of the one on a positive note. I yeah. do think that these playoffs um, and the broadcast have ex, have exposed people who definitely have a future in broadcasting. Yeah, one of them is Kevin Biexa. Kevin Biexa is. Um,
1: yeah, that was that we knew that was coming too. Because like,
3: yeah, he really good. Now the question is, he you know he made a lot. Of, he's made a lot of money in his career, and I don't know if he wants to like move to Toronto. Per really ironic,
1: you know, like and other people have too.
3: Right, right, but but it, it may not be something he wants to do. But he's very very good at it.
1: He is, and you know, and and, it, it, and I do sometimes feel for people who aren't like you know hockey players that are trying to get into this. Well, out.
2: I'll go back to the old story, like years yeah. and years ago. Um, I told my dad I think I would like to be, and this was for baseball at the time. But you know, probably like a broadcaster, maybe play-by-play guy, or and my dad goes, "Listen, this is back in in like 1970 <laughs> something, maybe 19, yeah, probably like 1978." And he goes, "Listen, those jobs are going to all ex players. If if you can think of something else yeah. close to that,
1: and he was right. Yeah, no, it's, it's very true, and it's hard because there's people that are out there trying to make a career of this, and uh." I get it all the time, and I'm sure you guys do too. Like get get emails from people like I want to go into this business, and you know, and I always just say, make your own voice, be yourself, and start your own thing. And if you're if you really are passionate about it, and you you can can definitely make it happen, but it's not going to be easy. You're going to run up not easy.
3: Yeah, Corey Schneider is the other one. That Esmir mentioned, and I, I said that before. I thought Corey Schneider was good. Uh, Davey Jones brought up something that they, they mentioned on Saturday night on the on the uh, the second period intermission. The, uh, the 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 reporters on 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 the Hockey Night in Canada broadcast about Kevin Weeks being a candidate for the Panthers
0: GM job. Yeah. I, again, so I think, didn't they ask for permission to interview Chris Drury Also, I believe a while ago. So yeah, but drury has been doing so. it for for three four years now, yeah, and he will be
1: in the mix just thing about that like i know guys i know a couple of people who've really tried to interview for i know like one or two assistant gems that have been interviewed for a bunch of these jobs here here's the way i look at it
2: Go ahead. if if peter luco is working with a cap guy and they want kevin weeks to be the face of the franchise so they could sell tickets Fine. I'm all for that. But yeah. Let's not pretend that it's anything but, but that. But here's the thing
1: about L- Luca's actually doing more stuff with another company now. And I don't even know how involved he is with the Panthers. No,
2: I, I get it. But I'm just saying as an example of an
1: example. Yeah. I mean, if
2: that were the case, I would bring Kevin weeks in knowing that it's really more of like a community relations guy right. that we're
1: trying to sell tickets here. Cause they so I know somebody tickets. who was interviewed recently by a team. And I'm not going to say who it is. Cause it'd be obvious. Well,
2: Pierre was interviewed. Would you hire Pierre McGuire as a
3: GM? No, you wouldn't. That's why he's not getting hired. Uh, Lawrence Gilman, the Leafs GM, is uh, Leafs assistant GM has been. Uh, inter- yeah, that's a very solid name.
1: Yeah. But here's, here's here's the thing about these GM interviews, okay? Um, and people will tell you that quite often. What 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 happens? You get in there with you know the owner. If if you're, if it's a big, if it's far, if if you're serious enough, the owner will be there. The president will, obviously will be there, and the vice president sometimes like a hockey hockey related guy, whatever. And the first, what they ask you is, what do you think they would ask you in these things? what would you do to fix our team? That's like the common thing. And you know, What would you do to fix our right. and, and it's like, and, and Sorry, our, coach. Right. And if you remember, you know, if you remember, Mike Babcock wouldn't <laughs> answer those questions. Remember the whole thing with Babcock, yeah. Babcock saying, I'm not going to answer the questions about what I'm going to do with your team, because I'm not just here for you to like, for you to get ideas. Like, well, what and, if the number one answer is move the team? Right. Right. So, I mean, do you have like, when this happens, right. right. These come up. There are, there are GMS. that are like, you know, <laughs> so am I really going to tell you, you know, and I, when I when I hear guys like Weeks or Pierre come in and stuff, interviewed and stuff like that, that's what I think of immediately. Like somebody, right. okay, we're going to get somebody in. who's going to tell us these are hockey guys. They're going to give us their opinions, their two cents. We don't going to hire them, but we're going to find out what the hell they, you know, it is that they want to talk about, right? So, yeah. to me, that's 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 the issue, right? So I think that you know, so there's going to be when all these get when so many people are hired that don't make sense. Often they're just like, this is a team like desperate to find out anything they can about what, what people think about them throughout the league.
3: Well, this one doesn't make a lot of sense. Funky, Funky said, Mr. Fuji is the, <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but someone, you know, and, and yeah. someone said Michael Fuda and look, I think he should be interviewed for all these jobs and I think somebody yeah. should hire him, but it doesn't mean he's going to. Does that, does
3: that mean that Mr. Saito is going to be his assistant GM? Yeah.
2: A, a lot of times it, it, Again, I think Fuda would take less to get his get in the door to be a GM and show what he can do. But again, a lot of times when we hear names like Scott Melobey, it's because teams go with familiarity. And Melobey was in that market and he was a captain there and he played there. And Fuda can't compete with that. He's a better.
1: He doesn't have like a real connection to Viola. Like you know, that's the other thing too. Like and remember Viola? Also, he's also a military guy, right? He is. Yeah. He was nominated to be Secretary of the Army by T- Donald Trump. Grant aloud. He is he and he was and you know I know, I know he was, was. Down, but the uh, reality is that West Point guys look for West Point type guys you know, that that's something that you well, do I don't with. know
2: if Scott Mellonby had anything to do with right that right point. so I'm just yeah. saying that
1: if you're looking you're looking here you're gonna you gotta look you gotta think about that for a second you know like yeah that definitely is the case when you look at you know the the owner in Vegas is the same way you know Can
2: you imagine John Tortorella at West Point he would have been was. kicked
3: out how, how much diplomatic <laughs> experience did Woody Johnson have?
1: I know. I know. So, I mean, Hextall is a pretty good name for that because not that he's, he's not a West Point guy, but he's very, he's very, um, Hextall's a good name for that, but I got don't. that army type thing to him, and he's got the, you know, everything's so freaking secretive thing to so him.
3: The secret candidate is General Schwartz. You know what the
2: problem is, though? Yes, right? and, I, and, I, and this is why I don't think Hextall has a chance there. I don't think they want to go drastic one way or the other. They have a coach in Quenville there that still wants to be able to compete. You can't bring in Hextall and compete. He's not gonna. There's not going to be a situation where that's going to be allowable because he's going to look at all the bad cap stuff Bob aside. He can't do anything with Bob. Yeah, right. And try and fix it, and if he tries to fix it, Quenville's not going to have a good team for three years. Is he, is he going to stick around for that? No.
1: Well, Hexy, um, yeah, and yeah, right, and Hextall. Is not going to, I don't think Hextall puts himself in a situation where he doesn't have control over the coach at all. Like, I think that, right. that I think Hextall is going to want to definitely be the guy who brings in his own coach and stuff like that. Yeah. And you're right. Do you need somebody who's willing to work with you, um, but not be, you know, not just do whatever you say? It's, yeah. it, it does, you know, make the line a little. I mean,
2: bit- let's face it here with a guy like Quenville there, Viola is probably going to bring in someone that is going to have to communicate with Quenville all the time about
1: how to construct this team right. for him
3: that's going to facilitate what quenville
1: wants correct maybe somebody who knows quenville who likes quentinville who, who's worked with them before i think now you've just eliminated a lot of guys you <laughs> did eliminate a lot of guys that's what i'm saying like, <laughs> this <laughs> giant list is not as big as it seems and so these other people that are being called out um a lot of them are just are just fact-finding missions they are just they're just you know they're and and they also look good you bring this guy and you bring this guy and i am tell you like you know One guy I've reported before, and it makes some sense of Florida, you know, like a Bill Zito, a GM in Columbus, there's a guy who, what does he know? He, he, he's, you know, has worked with Quenville before because they worked together. Um, And also the other thing about him is he had Bobrovsky in Columbus who, and, you know, knows how to deal with Bobrovsky, which is a big thing because he's not the easiest guy to deal with. Had a lot, Bobrovsky had a lot of success in Columbus. There's some, that, that's the kind of thing you got to look for in these guys, you know, when they're bringing them in, they got, yeah. you got to find the guys who are like, that make some sense, um, you know? And I mean, they're really quiet. I don't know anybody who's in I mean, I don't know all the different people that are interviewing you. hear tons of rumors. Also remember the rumors, like sometimes like a Pierre Maguire rumor. I just wonder where it comes from. You know? like, and, and I just, I'm not saying, that you know, it comes from, it comes from Pierre Maguire likely does. Okay. And I'm not saying that against it, but you know, guys want to get their name out there. And I like Pierre. I actually don't, I actually do like Pierre Maguire a lot. So I'm not going to say that's 100% the case, but I also wouldn't blame him if it was. Like if if that if you're a guy who wants to be a GM again, you, like most people probably don't think McGuire is going to, wants to be a GM again because he's got such a good gig. So if he wants to be a GM again, he's got to put his name out there and say, hey, you know, I'm interested in interviewing. So that, that's what's happening. You know, there's so many different things there um, that really get...
2: I mean, it, we're all for Pierre getting
1: a GM job for obvious reasons, but he's not going to. <laughs> See, I don't agree with you guys on McGuire. But anyway... Do uh, What do you think about Brian Boucher's job between the glass? He's
2: doing great. I mean, I just don't want to see him get too much thrust on him because the problem is it's great to have a guy down there But I think most of us would agree when the guy down there does too much of the analysis that's supposed to be in the booth, then you lose your effectiveness on being so close to the game. And I think that's why half the time Pierre Maguire
1: is saying way too much. Right. Right. The guy down there should be saying, Oh, he just came off and and slammed his stick. It's like, that's the kind of stuff you want right from down there.
3: Well, I I have to say though, you know, the technologically what they're doing with these broadcasts is fantastic. Cause last night you had the, the crew, of of uh, Emrick, uh, Eddie Olchuk, and and Boucher, and they were all three in different locations.
1: Yeah. Emrick was in Michigan, I guess. Where you know, that's pretty right, late. right, yeah, uh, yeah. Emrick, in in, in yeah, Ann Arbor,
3: yeah, sure, yeah. yeah and, uh, and 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 was that's in Chicago, and Boucher was at the building in Toronto. And there was very little that I noticed. You know, only a couple times where Emrick's response for either a goal or for a big save was delayed by maybe a second or two. And that's mm-hmm. because he's not at the, but it's virtually seamless. So it it's really, been, is. really been great.
1: You guys are such pros. I mean, come on. Yeah. Like doc. The is technology
3: act, and, and them being able. Yeah, to-
1: I mean, I, I'm listening, but even when you listen to the local broadcast, like we get the flyers broadcast here, you know, like, and they're doing it remotely too, you know? So we're hearing the flyers announcers when they're on, they're doing a good job. They're, they, it doesn't, you can't no, really tell it's real home rich. Let's be real here. Well, I, I tell you, it you know, gets a little crazy. Act. It does. If you're I not a Flyers fan. I'm sorry. I'm just a huge Clement. I know, well, but let's not. Hold on. I'll, I'll remove you from this so you don't have to feel bad. I've sat down
2: with other people who are not Flyers fans, and when they hear some of the stuff about Bill Clement, it defies logic. <laughs> now you can go. Well, I, let me. What do you mean? Defies logic. I it mean, defies logic. Like, oh, that should have been a penalty. Or,
1: yeah, I do think sometimes he might. No he no for the team, but it. I think when he doesn't work for the team, like what he did with the ESPN when he wasn't hired. Yes,
3: for, he was great with that. He but okay. okay, even if even even if he's slight slightly homerish, I recommend for anybody to listen to the Tampa Bay radio broadcast for about five to ten minutes. <laughs> people hear the. I mean. I love it. It's I had to listen to it last night when I was doing something just to hear Phil Esposito. I have never heard somebody oh. in real life
1: beat. Phil is Phil is classic, but he's you gotta love him. I mean the thing about Phil during the games is like as you listen, like things are going on and you're listening. Remember, you're listening to him on the radio. Come on. Like, you have no idea what happened. So the play's going on and he's so I describing he's like, Oh my god, you know, here in the background, it's like what what was it? Did like a, did an elephant just jump onto the arena? Like, what's happening here? Why is he so upset?
2: Phil is very ponderous. I'll put it that way. I want to
1: thank Funky for this comment that I'd be great between the glass during the Islanders game so I could sit beside Thomas Grice. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and then you and then you have Dave Mishkin screaming bloody murder when the when Tampa Bay scores, but when, you know, it's like Bergeron to Marshall. Right. right.
1: <laughs> no, Doc Emmerich is a, is, a, is total class, guys. Like, you know, like, oh, yeah, Doc I mean, is I mean, great. I'll tell you this, like That's recently. Can okay. I
2: give Jim Jackson credit? He doesn't change
1: his voice when the other team scores. So that's good. Yeah. We were heading, right. We were heading into this, into this, into this whole thing, you know, and my, when my dog passed away and Doc saw it on Facebook and he, he wrote me like the nicest, Oh yeah. He's a big dog guy. He wrote me the nicest email ever about this, you know, and it was just, and here's a guy who's like doing all this research, getting ready to go into the bubble and he has time to do that. I mean, that was just crazy. I I mean, he absolutely. And, and, you know, the fun, the most fun thing to do with Emmerich is this, and I told him I do this, so I, I have no problem. And he thinks this is hilarious. Um, we call him the verb guy here, right? My sons over there. We call Doc Emmerich the verb guy because yeah. you know if you if you want to sit there and listen to a game with Doc Emmerich and write down every verb he uses, <laughs> shuffled, moves up, slides, you know, hithers it, twi- tw- twings it up, twi- it's just twings
3: it, winds it.
1: Right. He he doesn't repeat verbs. It's um, it's it's astounding. I mean, he'll repeat some things, but he he probably I think one time he counted like something like eighty six different yeah. ways. I watched version.
2: the World Junior game with him after the um the outdoor game in Philly. He I was watching it on TV he goes, Hey, you mind if I you know pull up a chair and watch it? I'm like, No. <laughs> and,
1: and yeah, it,
2: it was fantastic.
1: It yeah, really was. He's such the chess class all the way. And 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 so many things that he does behind the scenes that people never know about. We should
3: touch on the two games tonight. We,
1: we should, yes. All right, two games tonight. Man, it's two fifteen, guys. Um I know. I thought we weren't going to touch on these things. That's why I wasn't. Cause we were talking about them last night a little bit in the podcast, but anyway, um, let's talk about, we'll do it fast here. Flyers, Flyers Islanders. We, if you want to see what we, we did go into this last night in detail um, with our little preview show, um, I still stand by what I said. My biggest issue with the Flyers, and I'm still going with the Islanders in the series is that the Islanders are one of the toughest teams to come from behind on. And the Flyers are one of the worst teams at getting leads, getting worse teams, at getting leads. And although they have fixed that lately, um, it, it, it sort of started creeping in again during the uh, Montreal series, where they didn't come out as hard as they needed to, and other teams came out and jumped all over them. If they fall behind on the Islanders, they're not going to get going. And the other issue I have here is, without Giroux, without connecting and without Couturier scoring, you're in trouble. And to me, the hardest the hardest thing to do is get unslump yourself against the best defensive team in the NHL. Yeah,
2: I, I could see this game being one-one forever. I, yeah. I I'm pretty sure they're going to go with Giroux at center. And if you go with Giroux at center, he almost doesn't get any points unless it's on the power play.
1: He really doesn't. He, he does. I mean, he'll. It, it's, it's ridiculous to do that in my mind. They just shouldn't do that. It doesn't make any sense. I know it bounces. The matchup out. is bad otherwise. That's I mean, that's 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 the, the, that's the line, the line matching helps the Flyers for sure. That is something that's going to help because you could, you have a really strong coach in them. Um, but also I'll say this too. And I wrote about today, Carter Hart, played really well in that series against Montreal, but wasn't like this miraculous. It wasn't like unbelievable.
2: No, I agree.
1: I mean, Montreal hit him with a lot of pucks. Montreal hit a lot of posts that could have changed that series drastically at any point. Um, and the, the, I mean, M- Montreal and the Islanders, neither is like laden with a bunch of sharp shooting players. So, you know, you if, if Carter Hart plays good position, he's going to get hit with a puck a lot. All right. Um, here's a quote, I got to give it to you. Yeah.
2: Um, this is on Claude Giroux. Uh, He's one of those players that I believe will get better here. That's not a great quote. <laughs> sure. He's talking about his defense and his face-offs. Like, again, this is this is what right now, in, in Vigneault's offense, until proven otherwise, this is what Claude
1: Giroux is, and that's not great. No, I do agree. That's, that's a problem. Um, only picking I'll do something. I'll right back. Sorry. Okay. Zach
3: okay. is only picking the Islanders because he doesn't want to jinx the Flyers.
2: Now look, I mean, I'm picking the Flyers, but I do think it goes seven. And I do think the Islanders give them hell. And if the Islanders win, I would not be shocked. There's no way around it because they're they're playing great hockey and they've got a lot going for them now. Basically, Trotz said everybody's playing, which if that means Clutterbuck's playing, that's that's pretty good for them too because I could see this game starting off with like an over-physical nature just for to get it out of the way. So if someone like Clutterbuck's out there, I could see with Trot's trying to get him – Getting into a fight or starting something early, maybe with Connecty to throw him off because everybody has been able to throw Connecty off
1: really this whole time. So, I, you know, that I could see that happening. You noticed Vignos and he might have done, did he do this in New York? You guys can tell me because um, you watched him in New York a lot. His tendency to throw his fourth line out right after. Oh, no, the- he loves it. That's why we, yeah, that's why Tanner
2: glass. Right? glass would get like 12 minutes of ice time, sometimes 15, because that fourth
1: line would be rolling too much. No, but right after you score a goal, like his – Oh, no, his, he'll – yeah, he'll do that. That's his thing. And, and you know, it really was just astonishing to me, like, even in, like, that Mont- – like, in Montreal, I saw it happen a couple times where Montreal would score immediately after the Flyers. And you're, like, you know, after the Flyers scored, and you're, like, geez, you know, look who's on the ice. You know, like, they would immediately go to their fourth line. Yeah. And I'm not a big fan of that. Like, I'm a big fan of the first, like, three minutes after a goal is usually for either team, and you have to, like, keep it going. Yeah. Um, the other game tonight um,
3: – Is Calgary de- – Is uh, sorry, yeah. Is Calgary. I was at Dallas. It was Colorado, Dallas. Yeah, yeah. Um, right,
1: right.
3: right. We talked about the injury, the injuries to uh, Minnesota
1: and North Stars versus the Quebec Nordiques. Right. Yeah, there you go. Um,
3: yeah. But uh, there, there, there was continue to be like conflicting reports about Ben Bishop. Russ, it's like I saw something where he's now questionable, but he's still not going to start. Yeah, I don't think he's hurt. Yeah,
1: this, no, is, so sure. this is really weird. I think that they like Hudobin right now, and I think that I think well, that's they they're, they're wrong. They could be. I, I mean, think I'm so not too.
3: Sure. Yeah, Bishop is the Bishop is the better the better goaltender. Because again, unless
2: we need to see what happens in the game, if if, if Dallas was losing four nothing, would they put Jake Ottinger in? And my guess is no. Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that. I mean, I think that. And it's not Ottinger's right, fault. He's a good goalie, but why I would like, why I kind of like. Hudobin a little bit over Bishop in this series is because of Hudobin's um, quickness side to side. You're playing against a team that really does that. Like that, this is a team that you have to be fast side to side on. And Bishop yeah. you know, is, is. Oh,
2: there was a, there was one more thing too. I honestly, I think Dallas has a great chance tonight. We'll see if yeah. Colorado rises to the occasion. Um, I did see a, a post by David Pagnata talking about Patrick Linea possibly to the Habs. I didn't listen to the radio interview. I have to admit, I giggled about that because I don't even know if the Habs have enough to make that trade happen they'd yeah. have to trade 15 draft picks. I don't see it happening. Like yeah. I don't they'd
1: trade their first round draft pick for sure. Yeah. And man maybe two first round draft picks. I mean you it-
3: know you know you know what, you know what it'd start with and that it would have to be a lot more than just this. It would start with their their best young prospect defenseman with Romanoff. Yeah. It would start with that and probably Yeah, it would. And
1: I mean and there is talk, you know, the, the Canadians have a really big contingency of, of Finnish players. Mm-hmm. So you know, Lina comes in there. Is that good?
3: Yeah.
2: So it would
1: be a massive trade, though. We'll. I'll keep an eye on it, but I'm not. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I've heard, I've heard his name mentioned. I, I would look more right now towards um something that I'm that, that I'm following up on, which is that oh, shit, I can't remember his name. Um, gosh,
3: Mike Hoffman. No, guys?
1: no, 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 no. we talked about it before. Um, the Edmonton player who's oh, in um oh, Jesse Pujarvey. Puy- 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 sorry, Pujarvey heading up heading to Winnipeg. That's something I think is 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 you know, the only thing that's keeping that from happening, maybe, is Holland's not wanting to trade him in conference. But I don't think, I mean, if you got a guy who's over there, does that really matter? I mean, at this point, you know, Edmund, I think Winnipeg I think Holland
2: the, would do it because I think they yeah. would want to get rid of that baggage.
1: Winnipeg sees a lot of benefit in that, from what I heard. So, I can see it. you know, and there's another guy, PRV, another Finnish guy. Maybe Montreal goes for him, too. That's possible. You know, maybe he fits into Montreal better um, than he did there. That's uh, all the time we have left. We haven't really long, really long day, guys. Well, What's up? Oh, I said we went long. We did go long. I apologize. I didn't think we were going to complain this time either. I know. I didn't think. Anyway, here we go. Enjoy the games. Doubleheader tonight. Uh, Two games tomorrow. And then back to three. I hate not having afternoon games. I want to throw that out there right now. Back to three games on Wednesday. Remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey.
3: With lucky landslots, you can get
2: lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?